hello hey welcome back it's been a week a week (laughs) i hope you guys enjoyed our latest episode we had a really good time reviewing uh fresh we are still having a little bit of technical difficulties so if anyone noticed a little echo in the last episode (laughs) uh we apologize we're trying to figure it out we don't really know why but if you guys know why send us a message maybe you can help us because we're still we're just not this is not our forte please we need all the help we can get (laughs) (laughs) every time we record Amani goes I can't do this anymore every time I pretty much yeah yeah I give up (laughs) this is our first true crime episode are you excited I'm excited I'm also a little nervous what are you nervous about that I'm gonna get something wrong and then people are gonna get mad at me (laughs) okay guys so you guys heard this is our first true crime episode Please go easy on us. Um, it's definitely a little different than movie reviews. But it's just something that fascinates both of us. And yeah. Before we get started in our first true crime episode ever, mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about your horror of the week. So this, I think, falls more into a last week horror, but Roe versus Wade being overturned. We talked about how it was just a little too fresh for us to talk about last week, but this week I think that we're both a little bit more mentally prepared, maybe a little bit more calm, not calm, but collected about the situation. Uh, but yeah, Roe versus Wade being overturned, that was my horror of like the century for me. I cannot express how horrifying that is that we are stepping back 50 years. I agree. I mean, for me, I, like you said, we didn't want to speak about it last week. It was fresh. No pun intended. Uh, If we did seem seem a little man-hating last week, that might be why. That was definitely a a reason behind it. Um, Yeah. So it kind of solidifies feelings that I've had of being unsafe as a black woman in America in general. Um, I feel like it is... For sure, women, people with your uterus in general, it's really a hard time for all of us, but it's almost like I am so numb to horrible things happening and feeling like I'm not wanted in this country. It just kind of like is another tick on the list, if you know what I mean. No, I understand completely. But in general, our hearts go out to women people who identify otherwise people with uterus we stand with you and we are just angry i'm just i'm just it's it's hard to put into words how upsetting this is and i think it's hard because i mean there are so many reasons why this is difficult as a mom and knowing that i had the choice each time during my pregnancy to carry through my pregnancy and knowing that there are women out there that don't have a choice anymore and don't have the option, whether it be for their own personal reasons or for, you know, genetic reasons, or it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what the reason is. It's just the woman's choice. But the fact that they don't have choices in certain states now is really upsetting. It's very, very upsetting. Things are already being put in action. Um, I just saw that I mean, trigger warning, but I just saw that a 10-year-old girl who was an assault victim was just told that she could not have an abortion. She had to travel outside of the state to have an abortion somewhere else. And it just, that's a look into our future. Um, It's really sad. And getting rid of 
abortions in states doesn't mean that abortions stop. It just means that safe abortions stop. Women, people with uteruses are going to start dying more and more because they do not have safe options anymore. I, there's so much that we can say, and I think that <laughs> it comes down. I think we can make an entire episode <laughs> just talking about this. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that people are looking for a safe space and looking for something to maybe take their mind off of it. And in that case, we're going to care. We're going to carry on and continue on with our content. We but we just wanted to make sure that it was known that we weren't ignoring what was happening. We just needed our own time to process it because it's this isn't I mean, this is scary. It is. It real scary, not like, you know, fun, scary, scary, scary. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely um, I I have no words. <laughs> yeah, no words. Uh, so we wanted to touch on that. Uh, that was our shared horror of the week. Yeah, definitely. And I think that what I'm going to do is I'm going to look up some resources and mm-hmm. share them in our stories. So if you guys aren't following us on Instagram or Facebook, please do, because we are going to be sharing whatever we can find on yeah. ways to donate, ways to bring awareness, even if you mm-hmm. want to share posts. Um, and also, if you have to vent or you want to start a conversation, please use our pages as like soap boxes you know we whatever <laughs> we you need. will let you have a voice if you especially and if you want to rena- remain anonymous and you want to share something with us and you want us to share it we will share it for you don't it's a safe space it's a judgment-free zone definitely and i think that that is our responsibility as two women who are in an industry where there aren't a lot of women yep. so Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> what was your last girl standing moment of the week? What was a really good moment for you? So this isn't exactly like a last girl standing moment, but this is a moment that really I think was like a core memory for me. Since having Margot, um, there's a huge age, age difference between my two daughters. One is seven months old and one is seven years old. So, you know, things teeter totter between the attention between one and another and lately I feel like I haven't been able to spend a lot of time with my older daughter because I'm taking care of her sister it's just it's tricky so we had a moment where Margo went to bed usually Margo goes to bed and we just relax on the couch and watch the Simpsons you know just zone out I decided that we were going to go into the backyard and we were going to chase fireflies and just run around and be silly and play tag and I think just recapture a couple of moments where, you know, mommy and daddy are not too tired to play, that we're just enjoying each other. And I think that that was a really nice moment for us just to spend a little time being silly. And I think that was nice. That does sound nice. I'm sure Vera loved that, honestly. <laughs> she did. And it, it hurts that I can't do it more often. Yeah, it was just, it was a nice moment. Um, and I want to do it more often. I think that parents so often are so tired that they don't they don't dedicate time to have core moments anymore they just kind of try to go through day by day surviving and I'd like to try to do that more often and remember that you can have fun and be a parent at the same time so I definitely think you know as a non-parent person um it's probably easier for me to say this than for you to think it but you should give yourself some credit because you have two kids. And as I see when I come over to record, you got a lot going on. <laughs> Just nonstop motion all the time. Nonstop things happening. So, yeah, you might be too tired to go catch fireflies every day. 
but it's the fact that you took the time to do it so yeah i agree that is a last girl standing moment thank you it's it's a last mom standing moment (laughs) what about you what was your last girl standing moment of the week i would say my last girl moment for this week would be was just allowing myself to have a day where i just shut down um i suffer from really bad anxiety and depression um and usually i force myself to push through and like just do a bunch of stuff and like make my anxiety worse and then get a panic attack so instead of doing that this week i gave myself a full day to relax and watch my favorite movies and eat my favorite food and just chill out and i did a face mask took care of myself a little bit exactly you did a little self-care i did which i like to do in general but a lot of times i won't acknowledge the fact that i'm having a hard time because of my anxiety or my depression Mm -hmm. i'll just be like oh i'm just having a bad day so i recognized it and i did something about it so that was a good moment that is a good moment and then anya a lot of self-care got like me a little cake this week that was a final girl moment too we had a nice day we watched a movie so that was a joint final moment yes I, do, I still have that cake, by the way. I might take a little slice before I go home. You can take the rest of it home. No, it's okay. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. This is going to be, like we said, our first true crime episode. So the way our true crime episodes are going to work is we are going to take turns telling each other a story, each other and you guys, a story that really hit us that week. So this week, Anya is starting us off. Yeah. Um, and we are just going to pretty much do it like a story time. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I mean, let's let's be real. True crime, it's deep and it's heavy and it's upsetting. So, you know, trigger warning if you don't want to hear about murder or that stuff like that, don't listen. I would hope you know? that you weren't listening to this podcast if you didn't want to hear about murder true, in some true. capacity. But sometimes people like horror because it's not real versus things that really happened. True. This is true. So, okay. With that being said, let's jump into it. You ready? I'm ready. So I'm going to talk about a man named John List. Have you ever heard of him? I actually have not heard of him at all. Okay, cool, cool. That makes me feel better. So John List, um, I'm not going to tell you what exactly happened uh, because it'll kind of give it away immediately, but I'm just going to give you like a little synopsis, I guess, in the beginning. Um, I'm really... I was the first time I heard the story I just found it really interesting and then there were a lot of twists and turns and lots of things that just kind of were crazy um he was considered one of the first family annihilators do you know what a family annihilator is I do but maybe the people listening don't um I guess you consider Chris Watts was a family annihilator so it's defined as one person who murders other members of their family usually taking all the lives and then usually themselves and most of the time it's the father and then kills the wife children blah blah but this isn't exactly that kind of case it's it's like that but not exactly so i'm gonna give you a little background information on john list um he uh was in the korean war in the 1950s uh he met his wife while at fort utis i'm utis i'm sorry i'm not gonna pronounce things perfectly i'm terrible at it in virginia and her name is Helen and she was already a widow from another officer who was killed in Korea and they had a daughter named Brenda her and her ex her widowed husband 
They decided to get married on December 1st, 1951 in Baltimore. By the way, December 1st, fifth for his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they moved to Northern California where List served as an army accountant. List was a pretty smart man. Like, he was an accountant. He was in the army. He did lots of things when it came to... <coughs> Sorry. Sorry. We should keep that in there. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm dying. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so, we, he was a smart man for the most part. Um, it is not known uh, what exactly was going on between John and his wife, but there were speculations that um, Helen had actually had syphilis oh. by her first husband. We and don't. She, and she hid here, but. What? No, there's nothing wrong with that. But as we know, that syphilis can cause a lot of problems mentally and physically. And she actually hid that fact from John even after they got married. Um, Why didn't she just get it treated? Because it was embarrassing, I guess. Or I'm not really... I really don't know. But she pretty much dove deep into this disease. The syphilis can cause a lot of mental problems and she also became an excessive alcoholic. So she began drinking, she became a recluse, um, and really unkempt as John put it. So these are these is what from John is saying. Um, but one thing that I found interesting was that she would frequently and often publicly degrade him and compare his sexual skills unfavorably to those of her first husband. Pretty much she said you're a piece of shit in bed to people to him and around other people not right nice, and compared but... him to her ex-husband ex well, her dead husband Ooh. yeah anyways so uh after a while uh they decided to move to new jersey they wanted to kind of keep up with appearances they got this really big like huge house it was like a 19 room house in new jersey very very fancy um he got a job at a bank, uh, was doing pretty well for a while, but then he lost his job. And he concealed the fact that he lost his job. And he would leave the house every day, every morning, as they assumed that him going to job, and he would sit at the train station and read a newspaper all day and look for jobs, and then he'd come home. So every day he would pretend that he was going to work and then not go to work. I feel like that's probably the worst thing that you can do. Yeah, it's like a big red flag for me. I understand like, that his wife did not seem like she was a peach, but yeah. Yeah. lying and reading the newspaper for eight hours. Yeah. First of all, what were you reading for eight hours? <laughs> I guess that's all they did then was read. The cartoons yeah. in the newspaper? Yeah. Apparently, he was like not... He had a very off-putting demeanor, kind of like a loner, kind of weird, which is why apparently he kept losing his jobs. Um, he was also a very religious man. He was Lutheran, which mm. nothing wrong with religion. If you're religious, that's fine. There are good and bad people in religion, but he was, you know, not so great. He believed himself as a failure by losing his job, and his home was starting to go into foreclosure. He started stealing money from his mother, um, who, by the way, lived with them in this 19-room mansion. Um, so on November 9th in 1971, he decided that he had no other choice than to kill his whole family. Okay, <laughs> pause. You know those times in movies where it's like, scratch, freeze, freeze frame. I'm sure you're wondering how I got in this situation. This is his moment. Yeah. How about sell the 19-room mansion? Yeah. Or... Speak to your wife and tell her that you lost your job or yeah. get a divorce and find a better job or just leave or I don't know. Or like, like just... so many other things. 
so many other things. Um, he, he just he considered himself like if if this is it, I'm going to save my family. The shame and embarrassment of us having to be kicked out of our home. I'll just kill them all instead. Hmm. So he had um, multiple children with his wife Helen. Um, so we'll go into those people. Uh, so after the kids left for school, he shot his wife Helen. Uh, while she was sitting in the kitchen, he went upstairs and killed his 84-year-old mother. Um, his uh, then he killed his daughter, his 16-year-old daughter Patricia, who, which is interesting, uh, before the massacre, Patricia told her drama coach that she was worried about her dad, and she told the coach that if he had heard anything about the family going on vacation, that it meant that Liz had killed her and the rest of their family. Okay, and nobody did anything about it. Mm, well, not really uh, anyways uh, when she came home with her brother 13 year old Frederick uh, List came, List shot them both pretty much immediately when they came through the house then he made himself lunch yeah casual yeah I kind of want to know what he made what do you think like a sandwich like a... <laughs> mac and cheese I mean, like, <laughs> how do you kill what your year was it again <laughs> 1970 he probably made like jello yeah <laughs> Ew. um yep he drove to the bank to the bank and closed his wife and his mother's account he canceled the mail and the milk deliveries because this is the time when people still got milk delivered to the house every day he then notified the school that the kids would be absent for an extended period of time because they needed to take care of a sick relative in another state after those things were complete list went to his other son's 15 year old john f jr high school football game and watched him play after the game ended, he drove his son home and then killed him in the house as well. Oh my God. And apparently the younger son, uh, this this son, fought against him and he shot his son 10 times. Yeah. And why did you go see his game? Like, yeah, why did you go through all of that? I guess to keep up appearances? I'm not really sure. I, just, it's, I don't understand. Okay, I don't understand. Keep going, I guess. So he, uh, List left his mom's apartment, uh, I mean, left her body in the apartment, saying that she was too heavy to bring downstairs. <laughs> nice. He uh, placed his wife and his children's body on sleeping bags in the ballroom and then covered each of their faces with a cloth. He turned the air conditioning down really, really low, and he turned on every light in the house and then played church music. So he then turned the air down very low in the home. He turned on every light in the house. He had church music playing over the intercom, and then he left. So he, he stayed. He stayed the night, and then he left the next morning. So he's trying to preserve the bodies. Pretty much, did all with all the lights on. He wanted to make it seem that people were home, except for his mom, who he left he, upstairs, upstairs because she was too heavy. Too heavy to bring down an eighty-four-year-old woman. Like I know dead weight is a lot, but she seemed like a very small woman. Anyways. Uh, so eventually the neighbors started to notice that the lights in the house were flickering and that the place seemed otherwise empty. Like there was no movement otherwise. But like I said, Liz was kind of a recluse. The whole family kind of kept to themselves. So people didn't really, they didn't have friends or people to check in on them. So it took a month for someone to come and find the family. Where was the he? Neighbor, what? Where was he? That's a good question. Um... The neighbors actually found the bodies. They decided to go in, and the police came in afterwards. Uh, imagine walking into that house with church music playing and lights flickering and the smell of decay. 
no thank like you a horror story right then and oh there. my god I that mean, reminds me of the movie we watched yeah which one x oh yeah oh yeah we'll talk about that later <laughs> but yeah um also did i mention that he cut his face out in every single photo in the family's house no did he um, think that everyone was going to forget if he cut his face out well it actually made things harder for the police because they had no photo of like recent photo of him to run in the newspapers so that was kind of smart on his part um he also left at the scene a five-page letter that he wrote to his pest pastor in which he attempted to explain what led him to kill his whole family um he was a sunday school teacher and he wrote about the financial hardships and how his family was falling away from their christian faith and that his daughter was becoming interested in becoming an actor so an actor. he must kill her so in, in yeah that equals him killing her and everyone that's a he narcissist wrote, for you yep he wrote at least i'm certain that all i have go- that all have gone to heaven now and if things had gone on who knows what have been would have happened so he thinks that he saved them by killing them because they're all in heaven no matter what you think he's just trying to tell himself that <laughs> i think so or maybe he was genuinely delusional i it's hard to tell what why but the Times ran on December 17th, 1971, ran a newspaper article about it. His car had been found at JFK, JFK Airport, and then he was gone. He remained missing or wanted for 18 years. Oh, 18 years. my God. Yeah. Uh, he assumed the alias of Robert Peter Clark, and he remarried. He settled in Denver, Colorado, 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 and he took an accounting job. Him and his wife moved to Virginia, and in 1988, he took another position as an accountant. Just pretty much wiped his slate clean and assumed a whole other life. How? I mean, obviously, you don't know this, but how can somebody kill their entire family Mm -hmm. and just be like, okay, let's start over? Mm -hmm. As if, like, do you not have any feelings towards your children? No, because they were going down the the dark path of sin and temptation and God knows what else. The, a 13-year-old boy, a 16-year-old daughter, it, As his 84-year-old mother. murdering people isn't sin? Exactly. I thought at least he would try to kill himself. No, because that would send him to hell because suicide is against is a sin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amani rolled her eyes very hard. I did. Yeah. I don't think I could roll. I thought you could maybe hear how hard I rolled them on the audio. <laughs> you could hear the rolling. <laughs> so after 18 years, um, they he was still a wanted man, a very large wanted man, because this irked so many people. America's Most Wanted aired a segment on him in 1989, and it featured an age progression clay bust, which looked so much like him. It was scary. I actually watched a whole thing about how the forensic um, artist, Frank Bender, went about the process of sculpting this man. So he had to find a photo of him, and he had to, based on personality-wise, guess what kind of glasses he may have had. He talked about how stress indicators can change the face, and he added, like, jowls and chose dark glasses because he figured that that would help him hide his identity more. Wow. Um, By the way, this was literally the first season of America's Most Wanted. What year was that? 1989. Wow. I know. And, uh... Two weeks later, after the episode uh, was aired, he was arrested. One of his former neighbors had recognized him and notified the authorities. 
You want to know the craziest part? Is that List actually was watching that episode with his wife oh my when God. it aired. And his wife didn't even think that that was him. And List said he was sitting there sweating bullets and turned the TV off. I I have no <laughs> words. I have no words. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually continued to stand by his alias for several months after being arrested. And finally, after an in- irrefutable evidence, his fingerprint matching, as well as um, evidence at the crime scene, he confessed that it was him. He was convicted of five counts of first-degree murder. Um, and he denied direct responsibility for his actions, saying that, I feel because my mental state at the time, I was unaccountable for what happened and asked that all of all affected by this for their forgiveness in understanding and prayer I just have to say if he was so holy and so like you know Jesus' best friend mm-hmm. then maybe he wouldn't have lied when he was caught because yeah. if the whole thing was like oh I don't want to kill myself because I don't want to commit suicide because I won't go to heaven well you're lying yeah it's not a sin in itself he lives in a complete lie I don't know these people are freaking insane yeah um and notice how he said, for all those affected by this. Me, your you, kids your, that you killed? Your kids, your whole family that are affected. Anyways, the judge pretty much said, fuck off. And John List, without remorse and without honor, after 18 years, five months and 22 days, it is now the time of voices of Helen, Alma, Patricia, Frederick, and John F. Jr. to rise from the grave. And he imposed a sentence of five terms of life imprisonment to be served consecutively with maximum penalty at the time he died in 2008 of pneumonia at the age of 82 he got to live this amazing long life almost as long as his mother that he killed yep i just oh yeah it's 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 a dark one but i'm glad that how he caught caught like the whole nation knew about it exactly and his his identity just was completely busted open and he thought that he got away with it for 18 years he got away with it and then he got busted what made you choose the story i think i just found it amazing that he was able to get away with this for 18 years like 18 years of completely changing his identity and doing such a horrible crime and it not being able to be solved and then it gets on America's Most Wanted and some amazing forensic artist literally had no idea what this man could have you know be just not guessed but use scientific processing and intuition like the glasses that's not scientific processing that's just him thinking okay maybe this is why he is wearing these glasses and they were the exact same glasses he was arrested in the same glasses that to me is amazing i'm just gonna say that artists make the world go round because look at him yeah first of all 18 freaking years i can't get over it i'm sorry i mean 18 years on a man and he was already like in his what 40s or something like that or 50s like he his whole his whole face changed and he this artist this is what really cap like made me want to talk about it this forensic artist literally captured him to the to the jowls to the frown lines he described that he probably keeping this dark secret added all these expression lines on his face and it was amazing we'll post a photo of him and like the the forensic bust it's amazing it really really is i love i mean wait you know we have to choose our language very um wisely yes i 
found this story very interesting. Thank you. <laughs> I also find it so upsetting. Yeah. Because it's it's gonna be upsetting. Like you it's said, hard. It's like the Chris Watts story that went crazy and I'm sure there's stories like this every single day. Absolutely. Because these people truly or at least use the excuse that this is something that they have to do to save their families. I just find I don't know if I believe it. I think they're just trying to use that as an excuse. I think that it's deep narcissism. It's a lack of empathy. I mean, it, there are a lot of red flags to get go. The fact that he's sitting in a train station in complete and deep denial that he does not have a job. Yeah, he had to be delusional. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just there's just so many things that I thought like him being a, kind of a recluse, like people not associating with him. There were just there's a lot of things, and I think that no one was surprised that he did this, but surprised that he got away with it for so long that's the main thing i think the fact that he got away with it i mean i now this probably would not have been able to happen there are so many ways that people are captured so quickly yeah back in the um, day you literally could be like i don't want to live this life anymore and then move to another country and be like oh i'm hilda and everyone's just like oh hey hilda like it's I'm hilda. not a big deal like back in the day like you could literally just become a different on a person. plane and went like you had what what you needed like a passport yeah. and you could easily just All put a shitty picture we're just like typed out yeah it's so easily forgeable it's it's amazing so i just found the story just really interesting sad of course horrible just interesting it is very interesting yeah i have to ask what was his zodiac sign so he was born on September 17th, uh, 1925, I think I said, uh, 1925. Uh, he was a Virgo. Okay. I solved the case, guys. <laughs> a Virgo who wants everything to be perfect and everyone to listen to exactly what he's saying. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's him. Well. And if things don't go their way, kill the whole family. <laughs> that's insane, but also not unexpected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No yeah. offense to all the Virgos out there. I mean, we, we, you know, you know, you know, <laughs> well, how you feeling? I feel good. I'm glad that it, it, I'm done with it. <laughs> Anya was so nervous and I'm like, we literally talk about this kind of stuff all the time, like in our spare time. So you remember when we were driving back from Salem and we literally talked about true crime stories for hours. Yeah. For the entire ride home. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about. I don't know if you guys ever get the same feeling, but when you're talking about something that makes you uncomfortable, it makes your skin want to fall off. It feels icky. You feel yeah, ick. and you can't get it like out of your body. That's how yeah. these stories make me feel, but in a way that I can't stop looking at it. Yeah, I find it fascinating, and it makes me sad that I'm fascinated in it. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with being interested in true crime. There's nothing wrong with being interested in things that are scary and dark and the real horrors of real life it's a natural curiosity that our brains have so you gotta and follow you know it sometimes maybe it's it's better this way because i think that if you're not interested in things like this that you're almost living in a naive world that things like this don't happen and they do they really really, really do literally all the time which yep. is terrifying but that's gonna keep us in business no i'm just kidding oh my <laughs> god that was a really dark joke anyway <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Our next episode is going to be a movie again. Um, we're not sure what movie yet. Have you thought about it? Um, 
we could talk about what we watched on your birthday. So uh, we watched the movie X, the one that came out in 2022. Um, we can definitely talk about that movie. We have a lot of feelings about it. I feel like we need to watch it again. Yeah. So, all right. We just made the decision now. We are going to be watching <laughs> and talking about the movie X uh, next Wednesday. So stay tuned for that. And we would really love for you guys to uh, stay engaged with us, like we said in the beginning of the episode. Um, if you would like to follow our Instagram, it is at Last Girl Pod. And our Facebook is the Last Girl Standing Podcast. And we are still working on all the other things. <laughs> We've been saying that for a while, but it's 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 a process. It's coming up. Um and yeah, if you guys have any, you know, suggestions of stories that you want us to do, you know, let us know. DM us. That is going to be something that we're going to be doing on our Patreon. But until we make it, you know, get your stories in while you can. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. Bye.